from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. This is your episode for Wednesday, October the 18th, and we are somewhat moving on to Raiders week. Uh, it is a short week for Kansas City. They play tomorrow. Uh, it's a big game in the division if Kansas City wins. They will be very far up on the Raiders, and I don't think the Raiders will be able to climb out of that because I think Kansas City takes uh, advantage of the division. Thank you very much for listening. I want you to go out and check out Matt Williamson on Lockdown on NFL and go check out Vinny Iyer on Lockdown Fantasy Football and get you ready for this week's action. Uh, and thank you again for all the reviews on iTunes. And, uh, you know, go check out PFF. PFF is a great partner uh, with us, and they are – you know, giving you a free subscription to Elite. One person per show will be picked. One person per, yeah, one person per show as in locked in on Chiefs for the week will be picked. If you go leave us an iTunes rating or review with your Twitter handle. Ryan, you ready for Raider Week? I'm ready. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to slight. Um, looking at what happened against Pittsburgh because I think this team needs to learn from it. But we'll talk with Seth tomorrow uh, a little bit about that. So I think for today, yeah, let, let's talk about what they need to do to really take this team that was riding high and got kicked in the face and turn it back around. You know, I think mentally is probably the biggest leap they have to make uh, on a short week to, to play the Oakland Raiders. You think it's mental. I think it's mostly physical. I don't think they had the pieces uh, their offensive line was decimated, and the Steelers took advantage of it. Yeah, I won't argue with that, but what did that do to the psyche of everyone else, especially given how many young players are having to, to play time and play a significant role at this point? Uh, I just I just worry about getting them get back into the frame of mind that they need to to go out and, and try to dominate. No, and they do need to dominate. They've got to be ready for this game. It's going to be a big game, like I said, in the AFC West, and if they can go in – and get a victory in Oakland. It'll set them up because they'll have a mini buy for uh, the uh, Broncos game the next week. Right. Yeah. And this this division is in flux right now. Uh, both both the Raiders and the Broncos. You know, I, I probably had the Raiders. In fact, I did have the Raiders second in the division and have pretty much all off season. But at this point, if they can't figure this out, um, they're they're going to end up low and it's going to be Chiefs and Broncos again and I think that's a matchup that is really great for the Chiefs but this is another week in a row two weeks in a row now where you have a team that's that's down and beaten and getting embarrassed and really has something to prove and I think I think that's just an X factor that this team has to be a lot more aware of going forward well it definitely could be an X factor going forward but I think that you have a team that has a lot to prove but the Raiders don't have near the defense that Oakland has, and that's really what it comes down to for me. Yeah, you know that's true. I, I'm interested to see what happens the second time this team plays Oakland, uh, because I think Bowman has the ability to to change that defense. Uh, I don't think he's going to be ready for Thursday, and, and if he is, he's just not going to be as effective as he will by the time they play them the second time. I think that's where they have to look out. Well, and Bowman's going to be good the next time they play. I, I will give you that. But I still think that this defense is lacking, uh, the, and they're not going to be able to make up for it corner-wise, uh, and they're not going to be able to stop Kareem Hunt, in my opinion. Well, and Hunt's the guy that we got to talk about because he got shortchanged in a number of ways last week. 
the coaching staff didn't call his number enough. The offensive line wasn't able to block for him well enough. You know, it's it's kind of a wake-up call that, yes, you've been doing great. You're leading the league. Uh, you know, you're, you're one of the rookie of the year candidates. But, oh, you still got to play every game, and some are going to be harder than others. So can he mentally bounce back, especially if he were to get – No, and I think that uh, we probably won't see Mitch Morse this week or Laurent Duvernay-Tardif this week, Uh, but I do think that they're both in play for the Broncos game, which would be great. They're really going to need them back for that game. Yeah, I I put up some some film clips here uh, late on Tuesday. Go check those out if you want to see just how important Mitch Morse is. Uh, Right now, with, with a stout front in front of him, even though Zach Fulton should be a power guy, should be a guy with a lot of anchor, he's he's struggling here. At least he did against Pittsburgh. Is he one of the guys that can bounce back? Like you said, we don't think we're going to see Morse. I, I have to hope that he's able to to get himself straightened out and be able to make more of an impact than he did against Pittsburgh. Do you think it can happen? I think it can happen. I think the big thing with him is he's not the player Mitch Morse is. We know that. But the other side of it is, is, and I'll go back to what I said before, this Raiders defense isn't near what the Steelers defense is. And I don't think the Raiders defensive line is near what the Steelers defensive line is. So I don't expect the Chiefs to have near as many problems just because I think uh, they'll do better when it comes to the matchup that they have. Yeah, I certainly hope that that's something to get them back on track. I, I think, and judging by Nagy's comments, I think he understands that they got a little too one-dimensional. Uh, he had some comments for the press uh, on a conference call on Monday um, where he, he illustrated that, and, and I'm going to have some more about that here uh, in writing here uh, this week because that's really what it comes down to is especially when you have a fragile offensive line that really has to take every advantage they can to in order to, to stay on top of their game. Uh, allowing themselves to become one-dimensional is really what hurt that team last week, and I, I need to see them – change their philosophy they, they got to run the ball 35 percent of the time every third play there's got to be a run it can't be first down we you know gained a yard or you know had a, a tackle for loss and so we're going to abandon that two straight downs so they have to show some commitment to the run this week yeah they do and you know even if they show commitment to the run i don't know that it's um I still go back to what I said. I, I think that they did abandon the run a little bit too much against the Steelers, but that's the second week in a row that he hasn't been effective early in the game. And I think that's a big thing too. I think that Kansas City needs to figure out a way to get their offensive line in better positions to block the type of schemes that teams are throwing at them and they need to be able to adjust and they weren't doing that. You look at this game against the Raiders and Kansas City is in a position to go and really put a hurting on the Raiders' uh, hopes for the postseason. If they win this game, uh, the Raiders will be 2-5, and five, and that is going to make it extremely difficult for Oakland to make any chance at a postseason run. Yeah, and you know, I, I got to say, I'm going to take it a little bit personally because it's going to ruin my prediction that uh, at least two teams from the AFC West are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> well, what about Denver? <laughs> You know, there's still an outside chance they could get going, just not against Kansas City, I don't think. Yeah, I don't see them getting going, period. And they still trust them. What are you going to do? Well, yeah. You know, honestly, I mean, and I've, I've said this on. 
well, Simeon's their quarterback. He's not hurt, I don't think, <laughs> at least long term. You know, really, the the question when it comes to Denver, and, and we don't need to cover this too much since they're not playing them this week. The question when it comes to Denver, though, is can Simeon be that guy? And I don't think he can be that guy. I don't think he has the ability to be that guy that Peyton Manning was, uh, even though Manning did it when he was uh, hurt the last Super Bowl year or not very good the last Super Bowl year. I don't think Simeon can even be that guy. And that's probably fair. You know, I, clearly Carr is ahead of him. I still think Phillip Rivers is probably right up there with Smith as the, the top of the division um, in terms of ability. But the Broncos across the board are, are lagging at the quarterback position. Absolutely. And they're going to be lagging, and it doesn't look like that's going to change because Paxton Lynch isn't going to be playing, and he's not ready uh, from what we've seen from him. So, you know, I think this division belongs to the Chiefs right now, and it's going to belong to the Chiefs for a bit. Yeah, and I have to say, you know, I, I, I thought Paxton Lynch would be able to be coached, and it doesn't appear that that's the case. So I'm glad that that failed trade happened, and they, the Chiefs were not in position to select him. So, But what is going to happen? Oh, me too, because I really like Patrick right. Mahomes. And, but. but what is going to happen is I think Derek Carr is probably in a better position to play this week than he was last. And if, if he can get going against... That's a big it, it is. It is. But he's got weapons. Uh, Cooper and Crabtree... Are you sure he's got weapons? I'm not going to argue Crabtree, but Cooper has not been playing well. And I don't know... That doesn't mean he's not a weapon. He, he has had mental lapses. He's had drops. He's not playing well, but he's still a weapon. Especially against Philip Gaines and Terrence Mitchell. There are a whole side of the field that they can attack, and if Derek can get going against that chief secondary, I, I'm fearful for what it's going to mean in terms of having to warp the defense to try and compensate for that. It's something they've had to do in the past, and actually they've been very successful at it. Uh, I think Sutton's more attuned to what the Raiders do than clearly what the Steelers do because of his decision-making, but how do you feel about defending the Raiders' passing attack? I'm not too worried about it. Sutton has had his number in the past. And I am not as near as worried about Terrence Mitchell as you are, which obviously are still continue to be worried yep. about. Still going to be until I'm proven wrong. Uh, what about I games? I think you've been proven wrong. You just you keep going down that. I mean, he's had one bad or two bad games, and he didn't really play bad against the Steelers. He played bad against the Texans at the end of the game. Um, but Most yards are surrendered in the league. Yeah, because he has Marcus Peters across from him. <laughs> we can argue this back and forth either way. But, yeah, fair enough. You're comfortable with them. I'm not so much. Nothing's changed. What about Gaines? Because I think he's kind of taken a, a nosedive recently. Philip Gaines is who he's always been to me. Uh, he's a talented corner that can run and mirror with receivers very well, but can't catch the ball to save his life, and uh, he's not getting pass breakups this year. Um, he gets his head around maybe on time, but, uh, you know, not having the ability to break up that ball to Antonio Brown was brutal. And I think Kansas city can't wait until Steven Nelson gets back. Yeah. And that's the thing is that's what I think we've been holding out for. At least I certainly have, because I think he changes the landscape of what this team can do. I, I think it gives them an option that, that takes away a significantly weak chink in the armor. Uh, and having someone opposite Peters, like you said, that can hold down at least part of that side of the field, although you're going to see double receivers over there quite often. But until he gets back, 
and and knowing that Marshawn Lynch has not really gotten going like like I expected him to, and like several thought, uh, where do you see the Raiders trying to attack this defense? Well, it's really hard for me to to say where the Raiders are going to attack this defense because where you would think that they would attack it would be maybe the corner spot off opposite of Peters, just because that's where everybody seems to go, but you can't put Crabtree and Cooper. I mean, you can line them up there on the same side, on the on that side, all you want, but I don't think that's really going to be what they're going to do. I'm not exactly sure where they're going to attack this defense because Oakland's offense has been bad enough to where they don't seem to be able to take advantage of advantages that they should have. Okay. So you would think that with the, with the passing offense that Oakland has had in the past, you would think that Mar- Marshawn Lynch would be tearing up the league because he'd be seeing six or seven people in the box. And... He can't tear up the league. And, and honestly, I will tell you, I, I haven't seen enough tape to know if he's getting stacked boxes when he's in or not. But I can say that he's not effective regardless. And that's surprising given who he is and the Raiders passing attack in the past. Yeah, and I think that's that's really what it is. You know, it, Maybe they see what happened last week and they kind of salivate. I don't know that Marshawn Lynch is, is in any position to do what Levin Bell can do. Uh, although I, I think that offensive line is significantly better uh, than most of the teams they're going to play this season. Uh, I think they're probably still better than the Steelers. I just don't know it, that that particular team is in position to take advantage of the Chiefs' defense. And when we flip it, what about where do you see Alex Smith having to go now, uh, especially with the, the group of receivers that he has to use and you know maybe didn't use well enough against Pittsburgh? I don't think Alex Smith has any issues going anywhere on this defense. Um, I'm not trying to sound too cocky, but I really just don't have any faith in the Oakland defense at all. And and until they prove otherwise, you know, Sean Smith is, didn't get a snap last week. Um, And I still think he's not their best corner and I get that. And that's why he's not playing, but I don't think their corners that they have playing are that much better. And they're allowing a lot of yards and they're allowing a lot of points. So I think that Alex Smith is going to have a field day against his defense. And I think Kareem Hunt will as well. Because I think Andy Reid's going to get them back on track. A short week uh, gets the team, and the, you know the team's going to be ready for a divisional opponent, regardless of what the record is. And this is a team that you know Kansas City was preparing for during training camp as well. That's true. That's true. And and you bring up Hunt, and I am I'm still shocked and appalled that the Chiefs gave up that much rushing to – Pittsburgh uh it it rocketed them down the rankings in terms of how much yardage they give up per game on the ground now they're sitting in 27th but the Raiders are not much better sitting at 21st they give up 117 yards a game and they haven't played any backs that are nearly as explosive as Hunt so I think he could be in for a big day yeah I think he should be and you know I think Tyree Kill will be in for a big day too because you look at what the Raiders have and they don't have the speed to run with him. Uh, you know, no team in the NFL really does, but I really don't think the Raiders do. And if Sean Smith gets any playing time, that's even more of a joke because Sean Smith is not fast enough to cover him. Uh, so they're going to have to use safety help over the top all the time, which will open up things for Travis Kelsey across the middle. Do you think this is a, a big bounce back game for Kelsey? Yeah, I think so. I think it's. 
got the potential to be a very big bounce back game for the entire team, to be honest. Um, the Raiders are not playing very well right now. And I know Pittsburgh wasn't playing very well, but Pittsburgh has a much better coaching staff than Oakland does, in my opinion, as well. And Oakland seems to have Kansas City's number when it comes to the way they run their offense and the way they run their defense. Well, that's the only thing that makes me nervous. Is it seems to when I look at this matchup, it comes down to this this strange, nebulous. Um, they just got their number, just like we saw last week in reverse. You know, so I, I'm still a little trepidatious about what they're able to withstand when it comes to Oakland. And really, if if they have the wherewithal, and particularly on the coaching staff, to get things back on track, have some balance, and execute their game plan more fictive, effectively uh, than they did last week. But they've had Oakland's number over the past several years. I mean, it's not like they haven't had Pittsburgh's number ever when Reed's been in Kansas City. They beat Pittsburgh when Jar- when Landry Jones was the quarterback. Uh, that is not the same. That is not the same thing as beating Pittsburgh normally. Um, they've never had Pittsburgh num- Pittsburgh's number. They've had Oakland's number ever since Reed's been here. The only game they lost against Oakland since Reed's been here was the game. Uh, before you found out about Eric Berry having cancer. Well, and that's significant, and it's something I'm going to have to consider when making our predictions. And, folks, tomorrow is the the day we're going to do our predictions. Uh, This week, because of the timing, uh, we're actually going to be doing them with Seth Geyser all on the same show, so check that out tomorrow. Uh, We will... Lord help us. Yeah, right. should be interesting. We will continue to to look at these Raiders uh, with him, as well as whatever film takes he might have that we, I'm certain, can argue about something, but... Uh, thank you for listening to us today. We're going to have tons more for you. Keep it here. Keep subscribed. Check out the megaphone links. We're trying to get those out on social media. If you're not subscribed or if you know anybody that was subscribed and has had any trouble, please let us know and send them over to the iTunes lead uh, so they can get that feed or the megaphone itself. Uh, thanks for listening today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.